Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest. She was one of the more sassy athletes that Garrett and I got to work with, so unfortunately, Garrett couldn't make it today, but glad we could get her on Passing Dimes. So today's guest is a two-time national champion. She was named to the all-rookie team and a second-team uh, all-star in her first season in the OUA, where they also had an undefeated season with the Brock Badgers and took down the championship. Please welcome to the show, Madison Kementi. Maddie, thanks for doing this. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sorry Garrett couldn't join us, but we'll have to get you back on Sharp Cuts. But yeah, we always appreciated the athletes who could sass Garrett back. I think he secretly respected them, even though he had that air of authority about him. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so going back to your club days, uh, what made you choose volleyball? Because I'm sure growing up in that Aurora area, you had options to take whatever sport you wanted seriously. What kind of got you hooked on volleyball first? Yeah, well, I actually didn't start with volleyball. I started with soccer. So like soccer is my favorite sport. Played it all my childhood. Uh, it went from, you know, house league to rep. And then I started playing OPDL, which was a higher level than rep. Um, and then I kind of started playing volleyball a bit in elementary school when I really liked it. And then um, my friends were in the storm academies. There were like little clinics. So I started doing that. I really enjoyed that. And I, my dad was like, oh, you're kind of good. Like, why don't you uh, try out for a rep team? So then I went to tryouts and I made it and I fell in love with volleyball and uh, uh, the rest was history. But then there was a, like two years where I tackled both soccer and volleyball. So like I'd be going from a two hour volleyball practice and running over to my soccer practice. So then at that point it was getting like too much and I like had to stop one of them and I had to decide and it was kind of like an easier decision for me because I love volleyball so much. And uh, yeah, here I am. That's why I chose volleyball. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Was there anything to get used to? Because I find because soccer is such an early entry sport, like you can take soccer super seriously as like an eight year old where you can't even play club volleyball as an eight year old. Right. So was there anything that threw you off that was different that you're kind of like, oh, like soccer, they kind of get this a little earlier than maybe triple ball volleyball gets at 12 you or something. I I just thought it was really different because, you know, soccer is so like you're running around everywhere and volleyball is like you're not doing that at all. Like you are (laughs) running, but it's not as much like up and down the field kind of thing. You know, like, I didn't find it, like, I knew it was an easy choice to just go with volleyball, and I didn't find anything too, like, challenging. Like, I didn't find much of a difference because I've always just been an athletic kind of person. Um, So it kind of just flowed naturally for me. And, yeah, I had super supportive teammates and coaches, and they helped me, and, yeah. Awesome. So as you progressed through volleyball, obviously you had a very competitive club career. When was university in your sights? Like, obviously, your dad's like, oh, you're pretty good. Maybe you should play volleyball more seriously. Uh, I'm curious, when did, like, the next level become a reality for you? Well, like, throughout club, like, I've always been, like, Storm Volleyball Club did really well my team. Um, We won a few provincial titles, and then we won nationals. And I don't know, like, I just, like, my, like, older girls, I'd look at them, and they'd be going to university. And, you know, I've kind of always wanted to have that student-athlete kind of life. So there was kind of no question that I wouldn't be playing university. Like it was always in my mind. It was more as like, where am I going kind of thing that kind of stressed me out. But yeah, I didn't really second guess the whole, like if I'd be playing university or not, like it was kind of always like, like I'm hundred percent kind of doing it. But yeah, it kind of grew more and more as I played club and as I kind of got better. So with the the club scene in Toronto right now, or, or excuse me, the GTA, Man, there's a lot of good teams and a lot of athletes choose to kind of, as they get older in their club careers, move clubs. So with the success you had at Storm, I'm curious, what made you want to choose a different club? And then also, uh, I think you played up, right? You played two true years of 18U. So what went into that decision and kind of led to you being an 18U athlete two years in a row for Leaside? Yeah, 
I love Storm. I love my time at Storm. Um, but I, you know, John Childs coaches Lee side, and I heard a lot of great things about John. And I honestly just thought it was time for a change. I thought that moving to Lee side would be the best thing for me, um, you know, skill wise and like mentally. And I felt like it'd be the right move to help me uh, find the right university, you know, like get more exposure kind of thing. I was so like, I'm not going to say I was comfortable. Like I, I wasn't comfortable at Storm, but like, I just felt like, um, you know, changing, you know, a different team, being coached by different people, having, you know, working with different girls. Like I thought that was, you know, the best option. Like I said, it was a tough decision, but like at the end of the day, I made it and I'm so glad I did. Um, I have nothing but respect for like old teammates. I still keep in touch with all of them and coaches, but um, yeah. And then the playing up um, was probably just because John was the coach. I didn't really explore the option of playing my age side. Uh, it was just, you know, John, I think John reached out and um, I kind of just started talking with him and yeah, the rest was history when I moved. Now, obviously you guys did well and you won nationals in one of your seasons with Leaside, but uh, is it not funny to look back and think of like you and Lauren and now we have like the two liberos on the national team or Leaside girls? Like, did you guys know you were that legit at the time when you were 17 or was it just like fun to be in the gym with those other athletes? Like I, I always knew that like Julia, Kat, Lauren, like I, like I always knew that we were going to do like great things. Like I had no doubt that any of us wouldn't be, you know, playing competitively, but it is kind of funny, like seeing everyone like kind of just be like, it's not funny. Like it's awesome seeing everyone be so successful, but it's just like, it's crazy that we're all from the same club and it's just, I don't know, like reps Lisa, I don't know. <laughs> Now, you mentioned John Child as a coach. I got to work with him a lot of years. Like, I, I, I think he's awesome. Uh, I'm just curious from an athlete's perspective, because I, I never got to be coached by him. I coached with him. What was it uh, about John that you really enjoyed having him as your coach? I just think I love John's mentality. And, you know, he made me feel super confident as a player. You know, he never doubted my abilities. And he always, you know, it was always like, keep your composure, but then like go out for the win. and. I don't know, like he always motivated me and I loved his practice style and I love, you know, I just love John. <laughs> I've been, I'm hyping him up too much, but I don't know. So when you started to look at universities, obviously you chose to go to Brock and everybody knows how that's going. You guys are OUA champions, but I'm curious as a 17 or 18 year old, were you looking at NCAA schools? Were you looking at maybe going to the Canada West? Like, was there anyone else in the OUA who got your attention? Like, what were some of the other factors you were looking at before you chose Brock? Well, growing up, like when I started really young playing volleyball, I would see a lot of girls, you know, go to the States. And I thought at the time, like, you know, like the best players go to the States. Like I wasn't really thinking much about staying in Canada. Like I thought, you know, if I didn't, if I stayed in Canada, you know, maybe I wouldn't look as good or kind of thing. Like there was this whole thing around it. But then as I grew older, girls my age were starting to stay in Canada, a little bit older were staying in Canada. And I felt like, like, why do I need to go to the States just to say that, you know, I go to the States kind of thing. Like, it's amazing the NCAA, so many great athletes, but also the OUA is great too. And players in Canada are amazing. So I kind of just thought of, and I wanted to stay home. Like, I, I liked being home. I wanted to go to university that, you know, I could come home sometimes, which unfortunately in COVID, that didn't even happen anyways. So, but at the end of the day, like, uh, like grade 11, I was like fully set on staying in Canada, 
but at that time I still like like summer grade 10 like I didn't know what school I wanted to go to and I felt like I was so behind and I was so stressed out because like all these girls are making highlight videos and I didn't have a highlight video till like 17 U. like you know so um it was definitely a little stressful for me but I had like a lot of supportive people around me that helped me um, a lot of great friends and players who kind of just you know um I'd have like a chart and I would like write down the pros and cons of each university um the pros and cons of staying in Canada going to the states um but yeah at the end of the day I'm really happy with my decision nice nice and what were some of those early conversations like with coach uh, Steve Delaney because when you were a little bit younger Brock always had good players but to me they never really broke through and then obviously when Steve took the head coaching role they had some early success and he's obviously been able to continue to build on that. So what was kind of your impression of Steve and what made you so confident to pick Brock as your school? Well, actually, uh, I don't think I reached out to Steve. I think, so I think I was at a tournament in Alton and he reached out to John and then John reached out to me and then I, re- and John's like, Hey, Steve's interested in you. Like, if you want to reach out, like maybe you can go on a tour. So then I reached out to Steve and then we kind of set it up and I always knew Steve was such an amazing coach and like, I don't know, like everyone was like, yeah, Steve Delaney, he's the guy. So then I went on the tour and the thing about Steve is just like, he's just so like personable and you know, he's an amazing coach, but he's also just an amazing person. And he made me feel super like welcome. I loved the school, um, loved the girls. I was a little nervous. He made me feel like, you know, like he did the practice. Like I was like a little rough, but like, I don't know. He just like, he having a coach believe in you so much. Um, he just saw so much potential in me and like I that's like the kind of person I want to play for. So yeah, uh I think my decision was easy once after the tour. Um he really sold me on the school and uh yeah, uh, I love it at Brock. So let's jump ahead to your time at Brock and I'm curious just your last comment there were yeah, Steve Delaney is awesome at building your confidence and, and making you feel valued, but He's also really good at like managing the fluffy stuff that if you talk like weird stuff to him, he'll correct you and say like, no, that's not happening. Like when he's been on our show a couple of times, like he talks about like equity within the team that if you're performing and you're doing well and you're doing all the right things and being a good teammate, you're going to play more. But if you're not contributing on that scale, he's not afraid to pull you aside and be like, this isn't why you're playing and be pretty blunt with you. Right. So it, it, yeah. as an athlete perspective, how do you think he's walked that line with you where like he can be honest with you, but you still know he believes in you, even if he's telling you what you're what you don't want to hear in that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think Steve, you know, he, I don't think he tells me what I want to hear. Like, it's tough love. Like, and that's the way I kind of like it. Like, if it doesn't matter how good you are, if you are not performing, if you're not putting in the work, like, it's as simple as that, you won't play. So I think, you know, we've set up a great culture at Brock where, you know, everyone on the team is like a starter. Like, we have such a competitive environment. Every practice is, like, hard. Like, we go 100%. Our team has sacrificed so much to be here. Like, like everyone's like, oh, we've had such an amazing season, all this stuff. But like, I feel like people don't really understand how how much we sacrificed and the work we put in. You know, like after each win, it wasn't like, okay, like that, like it's like, oh, we, that's that's that. Like, let's move on to the next game. Like it, it wasn't, we weren't going through the motions. It was like we won that game, let's reset. Um, new practice plan, game plan, kind of like the whole week was dedicated to the next game. And each practice was designed for the next game kind of thing. But as of Steve, like talking to me, it's like, yes, he like makes me feel like 
like let's say I'll have like a rough game or I'll, I'll be in my head and I'll get stressed out a little bit maybe before a game and he's good at calming me down I feel like he's really good at like reassuring like he's like you know what you're doing like we, we work through this like just do your thing kind of thing and um yeah I don't know he's just he's good at giving the feedback and you know also just helping you feel more comfortable do you remember what the first practice was when he pulls out the whiteboard and he starts chalking down airs? Like, do you remember like what it's like to be like an outside hitter in those environments? Uh, I think we did. I know that I watched Laura Condotta's podcast and I know that they, I think they did it more. I don't know if they did it more than once, but we did it once. And staff is something that, you know, I didn't do much in club, like not at all. So then as soon as I got to university or doing like he's got stats on anything possible and I'm looking at the stats and I'm like, holy, like what is going on? Why do I have so many, why am I in the negatives? Like what, what, like what do I, what am I doing wrong? So we did the practice and I think I, I probably, I think I had the worst like tracking, like the, the negatives and positives. And I like, it's just kind of like, wow. Like, and it stressed me out. Like as soon as I saw the first, like I just didn't want to mess up after the first like drill we did, I saw all the negatives and I'm like, wow, like it kind of just puts into perspective that, you know, I could get an amazing kill, but I could also make like six passing errors and like, am I really contributing to the team right now? You know? So um, I think those practices are crucial. I think it's important for players to see, you know, where they're at. And um, even though, you know, I was nervous to like go back to the next drill because I didn't want to mess up, it kind of just like motivated me. And I could see like small, tiny improvements. And I don't think the drill was to, you know, put you down or make you feel like, oh, like I'm in the negatives. It's more to be like, okay, this is where you are. Like kind of just mentally track it. And like, what can you do to, you know, further improve? And what can you change? Like, it's really important to switch things up if things aren't working. So that's why I really like that drill. Another thing that Laura brought up, and I think Steve spoke about it too when he was on the show, is... Uh, just trying to get athletes comfortable in those pressure situations and playing University of Ontario right now, pressure includes the crowd getting on you a little bit. So again, as an athlete coming from club to university, did it take a while for you to get used to the concept that like chirping was going to be encouraged in practice and Steve wanted athletes to kind of talk through the net or, or make it exciting? Or if you're doing a tough serving drill, like people are beaking you from the sidelines, like did that take yeah. any uh, getting used to? Well, we didn't do much. Uh, we didn't do like a chirping drill like that in practice this year. But, like, me and Sadie Dick are always, like, chirping at each other. But it's all, like, love. Like, we didn't do, like, a, as intense of chirping, I, I guess. But um, at Nationals, that was something that I really, like, mentally, I'm going to be honest, like, usually I can, like, take it. Like, I've, I've heard it before. Like, it's whatever. Like, in club, like, it, it was fine. Uh, university definitely got worse, like, with pots and pans or um, someone had this, like, Horn that was so loud but like it that didn't mess me up in OUAs but then we went to Calgary for nationals and they are a rowdy bunch and they were talking and it, it, I feel like it did kind of get in some girls heads like I don't know like but it definitely got in my head a little bit at, at the game like when I was at the serving line but I think at the end of the day it's just like a part of the game so it's got to get some taking used to so Definitely, definitely. So uh, I am curious, like how you described the plan there. So was it ever tempting for you or the other athletes in the team room to be like, yeah, we're undefeated and we're going for it? Like, did you ever feel like you got ahead of yourself? Or was it really managing like one game at a time? Like, did you guys ever look and see what you accomplished? Or was it always about like, okay, we have a game next week, or we have a game this weekend or two games this weekend? Like, 
how do you progress through like an undefeated season like that without looking around being like, oh, we're going to do this? You know, at the beginning of the year, we set a goal to win OUAs, but I don't think um, it was more one a game at a time. Like it wasn't like we were never comfortable, if that makes sense. Because like, although we had a great hardworking group of girls and we knew what we were capable of, we knew we could do it. It's just like, it, would it be all talk or would we actually show up and put in the work? And we put in the work and we showed up and we did it. So um, I wouldn't necessarily say like, like we knew we were going to win kind of thing or like we win this many games and be like, yeah, like we already played them, like going to beat them again. At the end of the day, like anyone can be anybody. But um, uh, I think the biggest thing was having respect for our opponent. And I think our team did a really good job at that. We were never, you know, we didn't ever come to a game think we were going to win it. It was every game was going to be like, Hey, like if we're going to win this game, like we got to play a hundred percent, like we got to click, we got to do it. So, um, yeah, one game at a time would be like, probably like more, I describe that as kind of the thing we did in order to win OUAs. Now, does this ever come up in practice? Because the, the COVID season's a little wonky, right? So you're playing teams where you're like, Oh, we already, we already beat this team down. Or maybe it's just a really bad Wednesday practice. Like, is this something that they could get the team connected again and fired up? Because like you, you can't win OUAs in first semester, right? So I'm just curious what the talks were, the conversations were to stay connected to like an end of season goal like that. You know, throughout the season, there's always going to be ups and downs and you'll have moments where you feel kind of burnt out. But I think because of our team's desire to win and having a strong common goal helped us push through these times and keep focus. I think communication was a huge thing we fostered within the team. At the beginning of the season, we kind of like to establish how every player likes to be encouraged. And I think this meeting really helped us understand each other better as players. Um, if I was ever having a bad day or practice, there was always someone there to push me and make me look past it. And kind of vice versa, if I was having a good practice or game, my teammates would always be super supportive and be there to fire me up. So I think it's all about mentality. And I think we had the mentality that winning wasn't going to be easy and it wasn't going to be handed to us and that, you know, if we were going to win, we we're going to have to earn it. We're going to have to fight for it. And, you know, this mentality just kind of stick through practices and games, which is why I think our team just kept going strong and pushing hard throughout the entire season. Yeah, that's a really cool idea to do a meeting like that at the start of the year. Uh, I'm curious as an athlete, is there anything else you've connected to? Like, uh, Obviously, journeying, uh, journaling excuse me, is very popular, watching video. Uh, you mentioned you didn't really care for stats until you got to university. Like, Is there anything else that you kind of use to help track a little bit and stay connected to some of your personal goals too? A huge thing I do is you know, I really focus on my stats and I watch a lot of film. So through that, I can track, you know, as I say, uh, I'm not hitting the sharp cross very well. Um, watching my arm in the video, how can I fix that in my – you know, am I approaching too early? Am I approaching too late kind of thing? So I'll watch video before the game day. And then I'll look at my stats from the previous game. And I'll see, okay, like my stats were this. How do I get them to this? And then through that, I'll watch game film and, you know, make little adjustments. Um, but like on actual like game day, a huge thing for me is just like kind of getting off my phone. You know, I'll, I'll wake up in the morning, check my socials. But like after that, it's all like stretching, mentally preparing myself. I really like to listen to music and kind of visualize. I'm a huge visualizer. I'm not a journaler or anything, but I do like to reflect and, you know, kind of see myself hitting the ball, doing the movements I did in practice. Uh, I'm also very like, 
I know different players like don't like to talk much on game days. Like they're kind of in their zone, whereas some people are more like sociable and they're like joking. And but like I feel like I'm like a mix of both. Like there's times in the morning. So like in the morning we'll have like a servant pass, that's for an hour. And I feel like there like I'm trying to get loose. Like I'm trying to have fun. Like we're listening to music. We have a talk with the team before. And then after that is film. And that's when I kind of zone in a bit more. So that's when we're like peeing on different players. We're looking at uh, different players' tendencies. And um, we'll go through each player, uh, all their shots kind of. And then after that, we'll have a break to just, you know, get ready for the game, get in our zone, listen to music. And then we'll have, and that's like more kind of serious as well. And then um, I'll do more of like, fun joking around kind of right before the game we have our team like we dance in the change room we get super pumped for the game and I don't know we just kind of like it's just so like wholesome that we're all together and singing and uh kind of just like we have each other's backs kind of thing and uh then I go out and then it's game time and I usually get like pre-game like a little bit of jitters but that's a normal thing for me like I've always been a player that gets a little nervous but like they're good nerves as soon as I hit the first ball or touch the ball I'm good um but then another thing is I'm super superstitious so like but to a point where it's like crazy like if I don't touch like my teammate's hand before the point like I'm gonna mess up which is a little bit of a problem that I gotta fix but that's just me and Steve's uh, superstitious as well but yeah that's what I do awesome I, I'm so curious by this how much like trial and error did this take? Like, uh, I, I think somebody in your age demographic for you to say, you don't check your phone all day. Like, what was that difficult in the beginning? Or you just said like, I, I don't want to do this. This isn't going to help me perform. So like, you're never tempted to like text mom and dad or see what's going on. Like you, you just don't check your phone. Like I do check my phone, but like, like for example, like my mom will be texting me before a game, like good luck, sweetie. Like love you. And I'm like, mom, like uh, I can't text back. And she'll get mad at me for not texting. Like, minutes back right away and I'm like oh like I'm in the zone I'll see you in the stands but um yeah no I don't like I I'll go on my phone for like a little bit but it's like I I think it's good to have our phones away and just be like present as a team um but yeah now you, you did mention being a little bit superstitious which I, I think it's funny because some people go all in on that and some people don't believe in it at all but uh, I'm curious is that maybe the risk you take is like sometimes it builds routine and that builds confidence and that can build calmness. But if you miss one thing out of your prep, like, does that send you in a little bit of a spiral? Okay. The funny thing, okay, there's this one thing, like usually maybe like there's the other little things that don't really matter, but like it has developed routine. So like, if I don't do the routine, it kind of bothers me. Like I, I always have to do the same routine or else I'll be like, Oh, I'm going to have a bad game kind of thing. Um, but there's one thing I do that all my teammates make fun of. And I wrap tape around my wrist. Like people think I'm hurt or something. My dad's like, what's wrong with your wrist? But I just wrap tape around my wrist before every game and even in practice because I had a really good game with tape on my wrist and now I won't stop wearing it. Like I will not stop wearing it. <laughs> it won't happen. You won't catch me without that tape on my wrist. Awesome. Uh, anything to, to make you feel comfortable and confident going in the game. And I am curious Again, because of the COVID season, you guys are playing just the West schools, but for your prep, how how do you guys balance, like, okay, we're playing Western in the semis, and we beat them a bunch, and, and that's fine, and you want to be confident that way, versus, like, going the other way and saying, oh, we're playing Western, and they have Janelle Albert, and they have Lauren Pastor, and they have all these players, like, where do you kind of balance, like, the prep that this is a new game, and 
Yeah, yeah, we can use tactics and we can see what they want to do against us. But like, this is a brand new game, and we're not going to say, "Oh, just because we already beat them, we did this," without taking it too far to be like, "Oh, they're really good because they have so and so." So, uh, so let's so let's say we have the film from our last Western game. We know that like you know every game's different. Like we, when we play one game, we may perform differently in other games. So like we definitely weren't expecting for them to play the exact same. We knew that they were going to come out really strong. Um, so we looked at the practice film, not practice film, we looked at the game film like multiple times, wrote down each player, watched our game, and we kind of made small adjustments. So for example, let's say six back was, uh, we moved six back one step up because Janelle was hitting a bit sharper. So we just make small adjustments like that. And, you know, in this, in the second game we played them, like they came out strong and it was actually one of, I think it was one of our closest games, one of our most competitive games. Um, but yeah, just the same mindset that like, it's a new game. Like, um, just because you won one time doesn't mean you're going to win again. You gotta, you gotta show up. And, uh, we did that. And then to take it one step further, you qualify and you're going to play for an OUA championship. And even though like we're into February, March here in the season, you're playing a team you haven't seen before. Cause that's just the way the, way the schedule is made. So how did you guys yeah. feel prepared playing U of T where you, you haven't been across the net from them all year? Yeah. So it was definitely different. Uh, I know that Brock University of Toronto, you know, the, the previous year, Brock lost to University of Toronto in the finals. Uh, so there was definitely some tension between teams. And, uh, you know, it's the same mindset. Like, doesn't matter who's over the net. Like, if we play our game, like, that we, we will win if we play our game. And that's kind of like just the mindset we had. We need to have that confidence. We need to be confident in ourselves. And, um, you know, um, there was definitely some ups and downs in the game, but we pulled through and uh, yeah, we got the So you take down the championship. You, you know you're going to nationals. So I think actually making OUA finals, you probably knew you were going to nationals. But how did you guys prepare for that? Because that, that's just a different animal. You're going to play a team you've never seen before. You have to get on an airplane, which I'm sure is exciting. But during COVID, it probably didn't seem like a real possibility. Like, How did like yeah. the logistics not become a distraction of, of going to nationals? Yeah, it was definitely different. It was my first time on a plane in a long time. Uh, you know, everyone was super excited. Uh, it was definitely a different experience going out to the West. Everyone was super, you know, pumped. Um, but I feel like mentally, like, we went into it, like, confident. Um, but I don't know if we really, you know, expected, the, like, that level of competition. Um, the girls were super good. The girls were bigger, different, you know, different faces on the other side of the net something we weren't used to. So we were always used to playing the same teams over and over again. But then we go to the West and the girls are bigger, fans are louder, the gym was huge. Um, so it was definitely, you know, like a reset, like kind of thing. And I think it kind of shocked a few girls, but I'm still super proud of our team, even though we didn't, you know, get the get what we went there for. Um, we still, it was definitely a huge learning experience for us. And, you know, hopefully next year if we qualify or that, like that will be the goal and to go back and, you know, I think we'd be a bit more prepared. Um, but overall, yeah, it was super different. And, uh, but it was a great uh, learning experience. So at Nationals, obviously the quarterfinal is the big one. And you guys, unfortunately, don't win that one. And Mount Royal goes on to have a really good tournament. But I'm curious, that was really, well, I shouldn't say this as an outsider, it looked like that was the first time he faced adversity. It was the first time he lost a match all season. So what did the team do to kind of rally and not just say like, oh, I guess we're spending the weekend in Calgary versus like, no, we have a match today. We're going to fire up for it and we're going to be ready to go and play against Dalhousie. Yeah. So after we lost the match, you know, 
we were obviously super bummed. We went back to the room and it was just kind of quiet for a little bit because, you know, it, we come from a team winning, having an undefeated season to coming out West and losing our first game, right? So, you know, like, it was really important that, like, our team didn't get down on ourselves. Like, I don't think, like, girls were super upset, but at the end, like, we, we kind of just realized that, you know, like we had, you know, we had to lose at some, like teams have to lose. Like that's what happens. Like teams lose. And then that makes them stronger. Like I hate losing. Like I love winning. Like who doesn't love winning? But at a certain time, a team's just got to lose and, and feel like you got to like understand and feel like that pain in order to motivate you to like be stronger and push for the next game. So if anything, losing that game just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like it just woke me up and it's like, you know, you know, you lose a game like next one. Um, I, you know, I just try to be positive about it and, um, yeah, we still had another game to win. So, um, I try not to dwell on the negatives. So is that something that comes up in the team chat? Because I'm sure you guys going to nationals, your goal wasn't to play in the consolation final. Like your goal was to obviously do well. So when you have to reset or you have to change the pace, like, do you think there was anyone on your team like, oh, well, this was a waste of a trip versus like, could you guys reset and get back focused and saying like, our season meant too much just to throw it away now? No, I think our team did an amazing job at resetting. You know, like uh, Steve made a point, like we can't be, we can't like hang our heads down. Like we, our team has done so much this past season for us to lose one game and to, and to feel like this, you know, like uh, it was obviously upsetting, but like, at the end of the day, like you just got to go out there and win the next game. Like you can't let that game get in your head. And with drawing U of T for the Constellation final, was that, was that exciting that you kind of got to play this team that you're building a rivalry with? Or was it kind of like, oh, like these guys again? Like what was the mood when you knew you had to play them one more time? No, I, I feel like playing against the University of Toronto is always a fun game. I, everyone was super pumped. Uh, I mean, it's funny that it was another OUA team, but like, what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> But yeah, that game was interesting, but uh, yeah, I was excited to play them. It didn't really matter. We were always just trying to win, so. Nice. And what are you kind of looking forward to next season? Because like this, I know you've been a Brock technically for two years. I would call this your, your true first year because there was matches. There was a true season. Man, the team's pretty young. Like I, I know every team kind of, it's going to be a new year and it's going to be a new team. But I'd say there, there's a lot of young athletes like yourself on the squad. Like what are you looking forward to going into the next season with the Badgers? Yeah, so our team has changed a little bit. Um, but yeah, we're getting some super good players, Darian and McKenna. And I'm super excited to get to know them. Um, you know, I'm super excited to just have a strong season, be back with the team. Uh, and I'm also really pumped to see myself improve, um, see how I can use this summer um, for next season. And, you know, I'm just trying to go like this and uh, get better every day. So, and have you had any chance to speak to Coach Steve Delaney? Because obviously being around the national team program, uh, I'm sure he's just absorbing a ton of volleyball right now. He's going to come back with a bunch of ideas. Like, have you guys talked about anything that uh, he's going to be super excited to install with the team? Yeah, like Steve, Steve, like through the tryouts, he's like, he talked about like how we learned a whole bunch of new things. And I think that's something I really like about Steve because he's like, you know, he's always learning too. And he's always like trying to like incorporate different things and, listen to how listen to people and see like what fits and like goes with the flow kind of thing um but yeah i'm super pumped to hear what steve has to say and like some new concepts he's going to bring back to us so yeah nice so thank you so much for joining us like i said you'll have to come back when garrett's around so you guys can you know just sass each other back and forth but for now we've heard about your career talked about everything you've accomplished but 
one tradition we built into the show is just to hear from some high performers like you that something odd or funny must have happened along the way because the volleyball community is just that great. So I was hoping you could share a funny story before we let you go. Well, there's many funny little stories, but I feel like one story that stands out to me was when I joined Side my first year. So I was in my 17th year, but I was playing on the 18th year team with John Childs. And as a part of like the rookie initiation, me and Lauren Tehan, who I've played with my whole life, uh, he was saying that we had to sing the national anthem at our first U.S. tournament. And at first I'm like, that's a joke. Like, right. Like there's no way, like, like John's such a jokester. Like there's no way, like I didn't believe it. And, uh, I'm a little bit gullible, but, um, he was saying, he was saying all this at practice and I'm like, no way. But then John pulls up the proof and he sends me this email with like the, the head of the tournament people being like, yeah, we're looking for two girls. And then there's like a message from John saying, yeah, I have two Canadian girls right here, Madison and Lauren Tehan. So yeah, me and Lauren started to be like, oh yeah, okay, this is real. So we would FaceTime and at practice, we would practice singing as a joke. And then we like, I don't, I don't know when we, we fully thought it was real up until like we actually got to the U.S. tournament. And then when they asked for the, like the two girls to come sing national, the national anthem, me and Lauren saw that someone else went and we just looked at John. And we were like, oh yeah, thanks John. Because it stressed me out. Like I was, I was in, I was in choir, like grade six. I didn't, I don't sing anymore. So he was stressing me out and I was telling my dad about it and I was just freaking out. So it was a huge relief when I saw two other girls walking out. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I was just about to ask, were you more nervous to sing the national anthem? Have you ever been nervous to play volleyball? Uh, no, like, no, the national anthem, like I can't. Like volleyball, I get a little nervous, but singing in front of all those people, like no, <laughs> like I can't. Like I, I'd rather not. Uh, this was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all that you did. It was great to learn about your career and and looking forward to next year and seeing what you guys can build there at Brock. It seems like uh, you, the other athletes, Steve, everybody's just really firing, and it's kind of fun to to see that program and what it's grown into. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. <laughs>